You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Would you take your Bibles, if you will, this morning, and let's look at Joshua chapter number one, verse number six. Let's all stand together. Joshua chapter one and uh, verse number six. Then we're going to go uh, back a little bit to Exodus. Then we're going to start navigating, end up in the New Testament. And I uh, want to give you a little thought, and I hope it provokes you uh, to, uh, to good works and to thinking about the Word of God. Uh, m- listen, my job is not to change anybody. Uh, my job is to let God change me. And as He's changing me, um, we're, we're, we're just going to uh, learn that through the Word of God. And, and uh, whether, whether it's uh, to you or uh, with you, Regardless of the case, only the Holy Spirit of God will uh, be able to communicate and talk to us what the need is in our own heart. Uh, but what I'm going to talk with you this morning about, I'll be honest with you, God's been dealing with me over it, and uh, it's it's something that doesn't get get uh, fixed or worked out in, in a short period of time. I thought this morning about church and about church attendance, and uh, it, it's important to... Um, uh, to be honest with yourself, uh, that uh, we can't spend decades in the world and weeks in the church and think that we balance this whole thing out. Oh, you can't. Uh, you know, I mean, we work in the world. Uh, we're, we're in the world. We, we shop groceries in the world. We buy cars from the world. Uh, we, we live in this world. And uh, you think about the time you're in the world each week and you think about the time you're in church each week. And no, no wonder we're losing heart and losing faith sometimes. And no wonder we're, we don't have a song in our heart uh, like we should. And, uh, you know, I'm just telling you that that's kind of what the Lord's been working with me and my own heart about. And you say, you're the pastor, you're in church all the time. Uh, <laughs> church is changing like crazy. You know, pastors that used to preach three, four times a week are preaching one time a week now. And, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just talking about myself that we can lose heart and get the wrong attitude just like that. And uh, boy, we've got we to keep heart with the Lord. Yes. Got to keep heart with the Lord, keep heart with the church. And, uh, uh, you know, we have our I love my church. This is the last day, but it's not the last day we stop loving our church, okay? And uh, it's just a highlight for the month of February of how much I love my church. And um, I mentioned this to uh, Brother Michael while they were singing. I said, man, I love the choir. He said, oh, I do too, Pastor. I said, I love our church. He nods and like, oh, yeah. And then he was like, stop talking during the special, you know. And uh, so uh, look at uh, Joshua. Good, good, good to have some qualified uh, security in our church. Amen. And it's a wild world we live in now. And so uh, Joshua chapter number one, verse number six, be strong. God tells Joshua to be strong. You see, Pastor, you're kind of, you know, working that verse. Well, yeah, because I'm learning how to be strong and I'm learning how to have courage. But I'm also learning right now how to have a good attitude and courage. 
And uh, the Bible says, be strong and of a good courage. And I want you to notice here, he's giving to Joshua some, some strength and some advice. But Joshua is about to be led of God into an impossible task of conquering a nation. It's impossible. It cannot be done in his strength. I wonder if there's anything impossible in your life. I wonder if there's something so, it's such a barrier, it discourages you and it causes your heart, as the Bible says, to melt, even just to think about how am I going to approach it, let alone take it over. And God knew don't ever believe what this culture says. God will never give you anything too, too big for yourself. Well, that's anti-God and anti-word of God. It is the exact opposite. God will allow me to, to set before me something far too big for me. But then he'll begin to lead me by his Holy Spirit to say, now you can't do it, but I can in you. Come on, is that right or not? Right. Forgiving somebody, forgiving yourself. Letting the Lord have a commitment of a refreshed start with you. Uh, listen, it's only the end of February. Uh, it, it, it's not too late to have a fresh start year. Right. It says here, be strong. And look what it says here. For unto this people. Well, who is he referring to? God speaking. He was talking about the children of Israel. He was talking about God's people. He brought them out of Egypt. But there's something about this people that God saw and knew, but so did Joshua. Joshua was there when, when the scorning and uh, with the complaining. And Joshua knew that there was more to come. By the way, you'll always have a complainer in your life. You'll always have a scorner in your life. You got to surrender your heart to the Lord and ask God to help you not to have their spirit. Now, it's not your job to fix anybody. It's your job to surrender yourself. So why don't we pray, and then we're going to go back to Exodus chapter 14. I'd like to talk this morning about this people. This people. And highlight an illustration that I'm not proud of of myself, and, and, and try to make sense of it uh, as we can learn the Word of God together. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, and I thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for guiding and teaching us and Lord, thank you for cleaning us up because of Jesus Christ. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our forgiveness of our sins. Help us not to take advantage of the Holy Spirit and embarrass your name. And Lord, if we've grieved your spirit even today, we want to apologize and make that right. And I ask you, Lord, that your hand might be upon us, that you would help us as we are this people. We, we are grafted in as Gentiles. We're the rest of the non-Jews that if we are interested, we could have the gospel. Thank you for those in our church who are saved. I thank you, Lord, for our online church that for a variety of different reasons, we have cameras and they're watching. And I thank you, Lord, for that. I pray that you bless every person who is uh, watching and listening and in, even in person with the services. And Lord, would you continue to grow our ministry? It's not for greatness sake, but for the name of Jesus. Keep us humble, keep us yielded and submitted, um, 
we're probably all a little bit tired, a little bit stretched and worn out from a busy, good, but long week. Lord, I pray that you would make us attentive, make us to, to listen and to obey. Would you deepen our heart and, and would you just uh, remove any hardness, remove any sin, remove any barrier that we would have between us and you? And I pray that you would come in invited and that you would counsel and advise us that this would not be a waste of time, that we would not have any um, um, comparison or or look like the world here in our church. I pray that we would not have a snobby, self-righteous attitude, but that we would desire to keep Christ in us so that it would give hope and to somebody else and credit and glory to the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the church. I love you and I love our church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can have a seat. <clears throat> Uh, every year we go to a conference down at my home church and it's called the Lighthouse Baptist Church. And uh, my pastor, Pastor Doug Fisher, I was woken up by a text from him. Of course, if I didn't get that text this morning, I may not have even woken up. Amen. And uh, just just tired, long week, you know, and you've had it as well. And and uh, so thank the Lord that we're here. Get a little a little sluggish getting here, but once we get singing a little bit, it's like, yeah, I need it. You know what I mean? And uh, it's all right. You're not alone. Everybody else is the same way. We're just an honest church that looks over and says, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, now let's get with it. Amen. And uh, so uh, down there a couple weeks ago at our home church and come on the property. The property is, uh, yeah, I think it's built maybe in the mid 70s, something like that. And, and uh, they were having a conference and we're invited to that every year. And so we go in, I'm real good, close friends with my pastor and, and uh, the staff and the church, things like that. And they're about an hour south of here. And so uh, my family were walking in and our staff was there. Some of the others uh, were there as well. And we're getting ready to walk in. And I notice on the top of, of the, um, of the pitch of that roof, that roof is so tall. And uh, it's, it's, it's probably 50, 60 feet, probably a good four to five stories of a professional building high. And so I uh, look up there and there's a bunch of those little wires, you know, that, so that birds don't, don't uh, uh, land there and, and bless the neighborhood and the building and things like that. And well, I looked up there, it was the middle of the daytime and there was a big fat owl. Sometimes we have owls around here. I've seen them. I love owls. I don't study them. I don't, I don't, I don't all that, uh, you know, get, get, get too much in detail. I, I mean, I do know a few things about, about, uh, owls. And, uh, but, uh, when I, when I looked up, I was like, that, that is awesome to see an owl during the day. I think you never see an owl during the day, you know? And we were a little bit too busy to, to kind of, you know, we were in a hurry to get, get into our classes and they were having uh, sessions during the day and then take a break. And then at night, I mean, it was a full, uh, you know, in, in, in soaking ourselves for three days into this conference. But man, I couldn't stop to think, man, so, that, that owl's awesome. I said, like, man, it's so cool. It's kind of, kind of, you know, far away and, but it was still really cool to see it. And as I got to another portion of the building, I look over and that owl hadn't moved at all. I thought, man, that's the craziest thing in the world. I was just like, you know, hanging out there. And then I looked, that owl still staring at the same spot. Because initially when I saw it, I thought it was staring at me. 
I thought, I think, I think I'm too big for dinner, but I might not be. I don't know. And uh, so I don't have to outrun uh, Jennings. I just have to outrun Bentley, you know. And uh, so uh, come to find out that stinking owl is plastic. <laughs> you know, and I was kind of thinking, man, Lord, you hooked me up. That's kind of cool. Thanks for making that. But thank you for causing that goofy thing to stop because you blessed my eyeballs looking at it. There's a hole in the back of its wing when you step to the other side of the building. You could see the hole. It's plastic. It's fake and not real. You know what I thought of this week? Sometimes I'm that owl at church. I look real. I look the part. I look awesome. I wonder how many of you sometimes you're kind of that owl. Oh, I watched online church today. I'm a good Christian. If we're not careful, you're a plastic owl that looks like a Christian. If there's no life change every single day, we're a goofy owl that was bought at the store. Everybody look up here. Decide right now that you're not going to be that plastic owl Christian. Turn this one on then, guys. The, the, the middle, figure something out there. Okay. Decide right now that you're going to be the Christian that's authentic, genuine, and real. Now, sometimes we make, make mistakes, don't we? Sometimes we need to apologize to somebody else in the room because I spouted off or I, you know, whatever it was. But you know what? It doesn't matter what we look like. What matters who we are. Look at um, Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, still working on getting everything plugged in. This was a bigger task than we realized. We tore up the whole ceiling, replaced everything, put new lighting, new ceiling tiles. We got uh, another order of ceiling tiles in a couple days ago. Uh, we're we're uh, marching forward by the grace of God. Amen. And uh, it's okay if it's not done. It's not my style. Uh, but it is okay that it's going to get done. And uh, so we've recognized it. We're working on it, trying to, you know, get some new flooring, some new chairs. We'll see what God does. Amen. We'll just see what God does. The cool thing about Cornerstone Baptist Church is, uh, you know, you can walk in next Sunday and see where your tithe went. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, it's important to me that we live like that uh, because uh, when, when you connect your sacrifice to truly making a difference, uh, it keeps your mind out of the gutter in thinking that, uh, you know, we're like the other place you used to go to uh, that messed everything up and hurt your feelings. You know, I'm t everybody all right? all right? And uh, so Exodus chapter number 14, we don't have a lot, but we have exactly what we need. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 14, we have more than we need. Exodus 14 and verse number 11. This people, this people. That wasn't condescending. God wasn't saying, but as for this people who are a bunch of, you know, crumbs on the table and can't get rid of them or, you know, God wasn't complimenting, nor was he uh, chastising this people. But God knew at that statement of Joshua 1.6 that there was a characteristic about this people that God was about to give them an inheritance or a blessing and they did not deserve it. God knew it, Joshua knew it, Caleb knew it, and I don't know who else knew it, but most of them had no idea. They were just, you know, 
uh, floating in the blessings of God, oblivious to their own foolishness and oblivious to where the kindness and the generosity of the Almighty on their life. Let's not be that way. Know where your paycheck comes from and thank him. Yeah, but I worked for it. Yeah, but who gave you the ability to work, man? I mean, come on, count that thing down. We get real specific with what we need, but we never get really specific for what we're thankful for. No, thank you, Lord, for, and there's this wide sweeping comment to cover everything of the last 42 years. But when I need something, Lord, my car belt and the brakes and the, right? A lady at work, we get specific. And when it comes to generosity, we're real general. Count our blessings, name them one by one. Exodus 14 and verse number 11, good to sing hymns in the church. And they said unto Moses, they, meaning a bunch of people had one thing to say. That's why it matters who you're around. Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? You know what they were doing? They were griping. Griping. It was last Monday. We uh, had the day off. We, we try to take Mondays off here at the church. I'm never really off as a pastor, so if you had a, a need or, or an issue or whatever, if you just want to call me to complain on Monday, you need to go to voicemail. Okay? Uh, uh, but I do need to spend time with my wife and kids and get refreshed and things like that, and so then we work Tuesday through Sunday. Um, so last Monday it was my wife's birthday. Thank you to, to those of you that had brought her flowers and gave her a card and done some things and sent a text and, and just been very, very kind, those of you in this room, those of you not in this room. And uh, that was a real blessing. So her birthday was on Monday, and we decided that we're going to go up and go skiing uh, up in um, Big Bear at Snow Summit. I grew up going there and kind of know the, know the place pretty well, and I'm a skier, and my, my whole family, except for my son Jennings, uh, he wanted to try snowboarding. And so uh, we rented stuff and got a real good deal on everything, and we get to the slopes, and everything's going well for about two hours. We get on this chair, and we go up to this spot that we hadn't been before, and I said to my wife, I said, why don't you choose where we're going to go? And she's had major back reconstruction, so she's got to go real slow and not get trapped on, on uh, certain, certain uh, runs and, and things like that. And uh, I heard one guy say uh, on a video clip one time, he said, if the run has a name, I'm not going on it. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Ms. Ashley, for uh, messing my family up. I appreciate that. And uh, so, um, <clears throat> but... Uh, uh, we get get up on the lift, and and if you've ever been skiing or snowboarding before, you know that the lift ends. It's this chair that's on this big cable belt, and and uh, sometimes there's two, sometimes there's three, sometimes there's four, and sometimes there is an enclosed gondola. They call that if you're going to go really high. And so we weren't going all that crazy high, maybe about 60% up the mountain. And my wife saw a a blue diamond, kind of an easy family trail, and. We get off and everybody gets off the lift just right and mommy gets off, no crashes, everything's good, everything's fine. Jennings isn't taking out uh, somebody next to him in a snowboard trying to figure out how to you know, get, get uh, to places. And uh, so 
we get to kind of this spot where he needs to sit down, strap himself in. Angie's looking at kind of the map on the board. We're gonna go kind of down this way. And about from here to the sound booth, so maybe about 20 feet, something like that, there was a group of people that were being pretty wicked. There was no other kids, it was Monday. But I had my children staying all right there and, and filth. The things that were being said, things that were being done, was absolute trash. Brother Brian, I had not seen that on the slopes. And, and you know, all of a sudden I look over, my kids are right here, and they're looking over at it. Because there was nothing else up there. We're waiting for, you know, let's, let's get going. And I said, kids, don't look over there, you know. And, and then this group, I mean, we're talking like 30, 30 seconds. It was fast. But then they got really trashy. You know how the world is. Which, by the way, uh, you know how we all are in our flesh. And some, like, I couldn't put up with it. And I called over. I said, hey, I got my kids right here. Will you knock it off? That's what I said. He said, yeah, but you're a pastor. Yeah, I know, but I'm a dad first. Yeah. He said, why don't you just turn and go down the slopes? I don't know. <laughs> why did you yell at that person on the 91 freeway last week? <laughs> I don't know. And everybody turned and looked at me. I thought, I'm tired of the fight now. <laughs> Good thing I ski with a helmet. <laughs> I thought, where's Brother Ryan? I need him. Matter of fact, I'd rather take Miss Ashley and her shotgun. You know? <laughs> they all look at me, and one guy popped his mouth off. And what he said next, I could never repeat. The kind of names he was calling me, the things that he was saying in front of, and Angie and the kids had just gone down. And I'm going to be honest with you, I thought, I'm not putting up with that. And then he began to taunt me. And the whole group looks at him like, go take care of this guy. And then I did something next that I'm not proud of. I invited him to come tell me that personally. I hesitated telling you the story this week, Brother Ryan, and I wasn't going to give it to everybody this week. And, and then his response was a little surprising to me. He says, okay. He comes walking at me. I pop my skis off fast. And I'm about ready to get. I thought, the timing's mine. He's coming. He's walking. I'm not. I have time to think. He's got about five paces left. Sorry, I'm going to lose my lift ticket today. <laughs> but as of right now, it's worth it. Right. I didn't start it. I didn't cause it. I was just saying, hey, we cut it out. You've been a bunch of stinking pigs. And, I, and, and actually, I, I, I was right. That wasn't cool. By the way, uh, husbands, don't let somebody swear in front of your wife. What are you, a wimp? Say something. 
And if they don't like it, well, you know, Lord gave you hands for a reason. I'm not, I'm not provoking having a bad spirit. I'm just saying, what are you letting people talk like that in front of your kids? By the way, you better not be talking that way in front of your own family. Amen. I mean, this world takes advantage of Christians. What are you, a Christian? I never told him that I was at that moment. I was going to wait till afterwards. <laughs> he comes walking up. It was the spirit of the Lord that stopped me. And I'm not proud of it. This is embarrassing for me to tell you. I am a pastor. I am a Christian. And it wasn't. I should have just turned and left. I did. felt like I was in the right, and I was going to like these guys. They were bad news. I don't have an attitude towards people just because they're a pro okay. I told my son James, I said, man, uh, get as good as you can. Get as good as you can on, on uh, uh, skating. But don't become a skater in the attitude and the philosophy. I'm all about dirt bikes. I've, I've ridden with a lot of dirt bike guys and, and quads and racing and a lot of things like that. There's a difference between riding and having an attitude while you're riding. Yeah. You know, the apparel, the spirit, the, the I am this. No, no, we're not that. We ride this, but we're not that. You understand? Yeah. See, it's a double standard. No, it's called balance. So what am I going to do? Never ride and have memories with my son just because I think all snow orders are bad? That's what people do to churches. And so uh, he came walking up. He was not even five feet, and I already started to lean in. Uh, like the timing was perfect. And as I started to pull, Myself forward, the Spirit of God came to death. Just as I pulled back, a friend of his came run, come running up right in between us. And he began to tell me what a good dad I am. Uh, this guy, his friend, is just such a pup. I got this guy in the background over his head saying a lot of trashy, wicked things. And I thought, how do I get around this guy? And then I thought, well, I'll take the nice guy and the bad guy out at the same time. The nice guy said, hey, thanks for it. I'm not very cool about it. Really he was being really nice to me. Give me a knuckle deal. And he listen, you're a good dad. I see that. I need a new friend. <laughs> I went taken off. I get to the bottom of that hill. I had not really forgotten about it. Because men, we need a we need a few more runs to clear. And lunch. So so my family's down at the bottom waiting for me at the chair. And uh, she said, "Let's get out of here before he comes back." Or so the nice guy like him. Let's get out of here. We got out of here. Not an hour later. I got the bottom of the boat. I'm waiting for, for the chair to that it came out. Now he comes by. And she wants to go, I'm just gonna um, get a coke real quick. She's like, uh-uh. We get on the lift. And we let our four kids go ahead of us on the lift. Angie says, hey, I want to ride with you. I thought, oh, that's great. 
supposed to ride with me, probably hold my hand, take our glove off, and you know, just, you know, hey, thanks for my birthday day. We get on the lift, it's just her and I, and she looks at me and she's, And what she said next captivated my spirit. Is your attitude not right? I said, yeah, but he started it. He made... She said, I'm not talking about him. You have every right to defend your family. He said, but recently, what's your attitude happened to So oh, thanks for wasting my money today. I'm ruining the day. How's your attitude? Yeah. Is it always her fault? Is it always that guy who's popping off his mouth? And then Angie said to me, she said, it doesn't take much right now to get you going. That was embarrassing. The rest of that day, all I could think about is how right she was. What sets you off? And what gets you going? Who is it and why? All week this week, but Ryan can attest, we've been talking about, you know, just trying to make sure we have a good attitude. <laughs> because I knew she was right and God used her to say something tough to me. And she had the guts to say it. She had the right attitude saying it. And by the way, if you reject somebody who's trying to help your life, you're acting very, very foolish. Right. If you get defensive because there's authority in your life, you're wrong. Right. Okay. This people. There was a mouthful when God said this people. Those people had broken his heart many times. Those people had mouthed off and said things they shouldn't many times. Yeah, but he, he's a punk, man. He started it. Not about him or her. It's about you and your personal attitude right now. When you get on the freeway tomorrow, how's your spirit going to be? Why, why does it take so little to get you frustrated. Mm -hmm. This people. You know the characteristic of this people were? They griped and griped and griped. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 78. Everybody all right? Amen. Psalm chapter 78. Good to be in church today. Amen. Psalm chapter 78. Verse number uh, three, if you will, Psalm 78. Uh, this is uh, a psalm of Asaph, and he often wrote songs and, and uh, put uh, uh, his leader, David's heart on paper, his own heart for God on paper. He says in verse number three, which we have heard and known and our fathers have taught us. What? The victories of God. And so now fast forward all this, this, uh, these generations ahead, hundreds of years ahead. And he says, our fathers have told us, told us what? Have told us some victories of God. Verse number four, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. I believe it's important that us as parents uh, are to teach and share with our children 
our attitude towards the Lord. And it's anti-God when we're griping. It's anti uh, the victorious, uh, 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 faithful life with God that God does anything right when we're complaining. I can be the number one world's class leader in complaining. When my flesh gets a hold of me, I gripe about anything. But when the Spirit then gets a hold of me, I feel so embarrassed that I'm so weak as a Christian. Got to remember the world thinks like the world. The world talks because they're in darkness, of darkness. The only thing they can see is darkness. Why are we being antagonized by that darkness? By the way, we have Jesus in our hearts, so we're the light. The light gripes with light too. So it's the flesh. The flesh didn't get saved, man. The flesh has got, we got to crucify that thing, and I'm not the best at it. God's been dealing with me over it. Look at verse number five. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, and he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Why? Because there's going to be a time where your children want to gripe, and you can't let them. But they have full permission when they see mom griping and daddy griping. Don't forget, your children are gripers because of you. My children are complainers and gripers at times because they've seen me. It's wrong. You know, you know what uh, Asaph is saying? Man, don't forget, show your children the glory of God through your spirit. Amen. Teach them how to be thankful. Right. Verse number seven, that they might set their hope in God. Amen. We're losing our kids. Because mom and dad don't have hope in God. Well, I'm just going to watch church online then. COVID, you know. I feel like telling everybody I come across, hey, did you get the email from President Biden? Uh, we don't do masks anymore, and COVID's gone. Amen. Because that's how easy this world is swayed. Oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. That's normal. People don't know what they believe in. That's right. They do what they're told. Right. Yeah. You say, what's wrong with, with doing what you're told? You do what you're told when you understand. Or then we're just robots. Satan wants you to be a robot. You understand that? Right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wearing a mask if you want to or, you know, being careful. And I get that. But when I go to a fast food place or I go to AMPM to fill up my gas, I've noticed this everywhere I go. Um, so if the focus is got to keep everybody healthy and clean, then why would you take the trash cans? Why'd you shut the bathroom? It's really not because you don't you don't want coronavirus going into the bathroom. It's because you don't want to clean it. Yep. That's what the answer is. Yep. How do you know that? Because I snuck past the lady who said no. If I'm spending ninety four dollars at eight p.m., I'm going to use your restroom. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. They go in filthy. I mean, come on. There, 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 there's no understanding in them. Right. And it says in verse number seven that they, and now we're obeying it and listening to it and thinking that the church is going to get you sick. Yeah, right. Oh, I can't go to church. I'm going to watch online. We have three cameras. We spent $10,000 that we didn't have. And it came through a lot of old-fashioned 
hard work in the last couple of months so that online church can have online church, but I don't even agree with online church. That's not the assembly. God says, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, so much the more as we see the day approaching. Listen, if somebody doesn't want to come back, God will raise up a new generation of believers. That's right. God will fill these seats, and he is. But sad on you that you want to believe in all that was on the commercial. We ought to shut the radio off and get back into church again. And get the right attitude, the right spirit towards God. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. 21st century will say it this way. Some trust in masks. Some in anti-back. Some in essential oils. I'm going to remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. But all of a sudden we don't go to church, but we'll go to Costco. Right. There's no understanding in them. Don't be as one of them. Eyes have they, but they see not. Ears have they, but they hear not. Fingers have they, but they feel not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Uh, uh, Eyes have they, but they see not. Mouths have they, but they speak not. And they that uh, make them are like unto them. Let's not live and act in darkness. Let's come in victory in the local church. Love our church again. Uh, attend church again, tie the church again, uh, uh, pass out a gospel track at church again, say amen again, and be the church God has called us to be. Amen. It says in verse number seven that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but he keep his commandments. Verse number nine, and the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. You know why they turned back? They forgot. They decided to forget God and forget his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers. Look at verse 19 now. Yea, they spake against God. You know what happens when you turn away from God? You start speaking against God. Yeah. You know what happens when you, when you, when you uh, turn back away from the church? You start, you start turning against the church. Right. Right. Did you know when you walk away from the word of God, you start talking against the word? Well, that's not really true. I don't really know what I believe. Yeah, I just, you know, maybe some of it, but not really. And you begin to turn against it. Yeah. And then we turn against it, look at the attitude that comes. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? That was a cocky, antagonistic, scorning, and griping question. And they already had the answer that God can do anything. He showed them marvelous works. Look at 20. Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. They saw Come on, they're without excuse. Can he, then they say, give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? We can also say uh, in in, uh, uh, 2021, uh, closing out the end of February, as our commercials are all over the place, I got a letter yesterday, yesterday, saying that, uh, excuse me, Cornerstone Baptist Church, your employees get paid leave for coronavirus, and they don't need a doctor's note. 
I know, I know our staff so well, I can give them that letter. They'll rip it up and throw it away because right. they're called and they have heart. That's right. Right? Amen. Amen. They're not going to suck off the bennies and take advantage of something that isn't even real. Right. right. You say coronavirus isn't real? Yeah, that's real, but how you're handling it isn't real with God. Right. right. Damaging businesses. You know what that letter tells people? That tells people, take advantage of us. Yeah. When America takes the Ten Commandments out of the judicial system, when they, you can't pray anymore, but they have foot washing for the Muslims in the schools, and the taxpayers pay for that, they're losing complete, they're turning away from everything that's good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, man, can God? And it's kind of like Christians are like, man, can God protect me uh, with this mask? Can this mask help me to, like, what now? You don't believe in your God? Go and talk to me. I wear one because I have to, not because I want it, and not even because I ever, ever even believe in it. I want to be wise. I've shaken hands of people who've had AIDS. In Africa. I've been to some crazy places, dangerous. God's carried me through everything. I have an appointment on my life. God's in control. Amen. You have an appointment on your life and God's in control. Amen. My point is this. I'm not scorning the saying coronavirus is not real. Coronavirus, yeah, yeah, COVID-19, right? It's not real. I believe it's real. But my God's more real than that. Right. Amen. God's allowing it. He, he could dry it up right now, but he's choosing not to. Right. It's kind of like he's just watching to see what we're going to do. Mm. he's going to watch and see how many churches stay online mm -hmm. talk right. to me right. No, right. I'm not attacking anybody watching online right now I'm just saying stop thinking the church is going to get you sick yeah. I don't agree with that I don't believe in it I don't like when people act that way so then stay home for the next year then and don't go anywhere if you really believe that That's yeah. right. Right. I mean come on <clears throat> I went to a florist yesterday Thought about buying my wife flowers, but she already had so many, the house can't even fill it anymore. <laughs> it was for a pastor and his wife. I walked in, the lady wasn't wearing a mask. I said, well, if you're not going to wear a mask, I'm not going to wear one either. She's okay, cool. <laughs> I said, how much is this? She said, $125. I said, that's not cool. <laughs> that's how that went. Look at verse 22, because they believed not in God and trusted not. If belief and trust were the same, they'd be the same word. Mm -hmm. They believed not and they trusted not. What are you believing right now? And then what are you doing with that that's causing you not to trust him anymore? In his salvation. Philippians 4.4, 4, real quick. Philippians 4.4. 4. So um, a car pulled into the parking lot yesterday morning and I was pulling the church van uh, and the trailer and this car got too close and my, the, the church trailer went over the curb and it kind of bounced it a little bit. 
Brother Ryan was with me, and I thought of a few things. But Brother Ryan, I think I had a little bit better of an attitude than I you probably were expecting. Because I thought, you know what? He's going to tell my wife, and then we're going to go skiing again. <laughs> How many of you know that your staff are your little spies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brother Ryan, he narks on me all the time. Oh, he narks on me all the time. So, anyways, <clears throat> there are some people God put in your life to uh, bless you. There's other people that God puts in your life to aggravate you, to teach you. And uh, so, one's Brother Ryan, one's Miss Ashley. I'll let you figure out which one's what, okay? <laughs> Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord, what? Always. I don't believe with a clear conscience I'm obeying that verse like I should. Always. That means tomorrow, heading to work. It means this afternoon. How many of you know that Satan likes to mess with you on Sundays? Mm. Yep. Oh, yeah. You got to watch your attitude on Sundays because people are watching your attitude on Sundays. Mm. Sure. To see if we really believe and trust. Rejoice in the Lord always, and then it says always, and it says here, and again I say that wasn't a accident or a double print, right? It is a hope you're getting this. So let me repeat it, because of my kindness, my authority, and my heart towards you, it's important. He says, rejoice. Look at uh, Mark six eleven, if you will. While you're turning there, I'd like to ask you a question and provoke your thought. Are you the kind of person Jesus wants to be around? Am I? Do we believe in what we say we believe in? Yeah, but I know, it doesn't matter what we know, do you believe and trust? Mark chapter 6, verse number 11, if you will, Mark chapter 6 how world-class are you and how world-class am I at rejoicing? How good are we? Are we the owl practicing it, faking it? Or do we rejoice when somebody's watching us? Do we rejoice when we're in church? Or are we a real owl? And God says, enough people faking it. You know what coronavirus has done specifically for the church? He says, man, there's been an attack on it. God's still in control. Right. Satan's attacking, of course, but when is he not, ever? When is he taking a lunch break or a vacation and not persecuted the church of God? It just gets quiet sometimes because God's doing more work than we realize. Right, man. Amen. When it comes to rejoicing, are you somebody, and am I someone, that Jesus knows that we believe and trust. Does he want to be around us? He said, well, he's inside of us. I understand he's inside of us because of his spirit, but we grieve that spirit all the time. Unless there's an awareness to our, to our mind and highlighted strongly in front of us, we wouldn't work on it. I've never liked homework. And neither have you. You're just lying about it. 
So you go to school all day, and all of a sudden I gotta go and go and do more. Forget that. I want to ride my skateboard. Forget that. I want to go. You know, you know. Forget all that. Mm-hmm. And we cheat our way through. Then when we get to the test, we're tested. And then we realize how much how much homework we've been cutting corners on. We gripe about homework. We gripe about going to school. Did you know that after you graduate the principal of school? School really begins called life. Yeah. Life is a tough school. Because yeah. if you don't pay your registration on your car, it'll stack up and charge you more. Oh, yeah. If you don't pay the payment of the car, they'll come and take it back. That's yeah. right. There's some tough lessons. Yeah. Griping will ruin everything God wants to do for you. Let me ask the husbands in the room for a moment and, and uh, you know, di- different places where somebody might be. What kind of griping has your wife heard from you this week? What kind of griping has your wife heard from you this week? Wives, let me ask you a question. What has your husband heard this week? What has your children heard this week? Can I ask the kids, what has mom and dad heard this week? He said, well, that's not that big of a deal. It wasn't a big deal when they asked, well, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And you know what the Bible says, and we didn't read it, and God heard it. That's what it says. And was, in quote, wroth. This people. God knew that this people had a spirit of griping, had an attitude of complaining. You can work hard, but if you complain, you lost the blessings. You can come to church and sing your heart out, but if you gripe, God would say, well, then just stay home then. I hope those watching on camera won't stay home forever, that you'll get back here soon. Some can't because they're never coming back. Not because of coronavirus, but because of deployment or because of, uh, of, of military interaction. And they love our church. They love me. I love them. You love them as well. And we're connected as friends, and they get encouraged this way. So I'm not attacking everybody. I'm just saying, if you have the ability, come back, believe, and trust again. Amen. It's okay. It's fine. It'll be all right. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse number 11, and we're done. Mark chapter 6, verse number 11. Is everybody okay in church today? Mark chapter 6, verse number 11. Uh, Just to let you know, if you had any thoughts of you wish you didn't come today, I wish I didn't come today because I didn't want to preach about me. It's a little embarrassing. It wasn't a victory decision for me, but I do believe the week has been better because my wife helped highlight it through the Spirit of God. And listen, you don't see it. That's why the owl came up. And I don't see you all the time either, but you and God know about you all the time. Amen. And the griping stopped the children of Israel from getting to the promised land. God says, I'll use the kids because they griped less. I'll let them go yeah. and see it. Yeah. And I'm not giving it to you. That's right. I wonder what he wants to give us. Mm. But we're griping and complaining and I don't like, and why does it have to, questioning spirit on everything? God says, I'm not giving it to you. Boy, what would life be like if we got our attitude under control? 
What would life, what would our influence, our leadership look like if we submitted our attitude and our spirit and our heart to the Lord and crucified that control? Uh, Mark, 30 more seconds. Mark chapter 6, verse number 11. He tells his disciples, Jesus' personal ministry, he tells his disciples in verse number 11, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you when you go into the cities to give them uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you tell them the truth. When you depart thence, shake off the dust of your feet for a testimony against them. And I thought about that, and I thought, Lord, personally, I would like to ask you if you would not shake the dust of your feet off of me. Because I knew to have a right response. I, I, I knew to do better. I knew to do well, and I chose not to in my pride to stay in control and to stay uh, stubborn about it, and I haven't released it. And Lord, I just want to ask you, would you not give up on me over this? Would you continue to, to help me through this? If we're not careful, God will say, you know what? Why don't you just go on with your bad attitude anyways and see what you make of yourself? You see, I don't have a bad attitude, but when we decide to, it hurts me and it hurts you. Come on, is that right now? When we decide to, meaning you don't know who you're coming up against next week. You have to decide now, no matter what, you're going to surrender to it. Not to the sin, you're going to surrender to the Lord and turn and give Him glory. Come on, is that right or not? Believe me, this is not a victorious message. But it is one that I think is appropriate that when we love our church, This was the church in the wilderness. That was the Bible term. God says, my church. My church doesn't have the right attitude. My church isn't responding to me. My church isn't listening. My church doesn't even like each other. You know what God says? You're not getting it. Not getting what? You're not getting what I prepared for you. We're not talking about heaven. We're talking about God's hand on our life on this earth. Don't shake the dust of your feet, God, off of us. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.